we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are two years, 11 months, and 21 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Ned. How are you, Mr. Wizard? Me? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, uh, my subconscious is ticking over and it's followed a couple of things up and I've got a couple of annoying things to talk about for people out there that have probably had their children put in bad places because of other vaccines and just the covid stuff but yeah there's looking, a lot of forward to looking forward Sorry. to hearing looking forward to hearing it i'm no, rambling already that's it's, it's all right turn. it's all right Mar <laughs> marty started rambling yesterday right at the offset and he said i've just got a couple of things here and half an hour later we were getting into yeah. him saying okay you can go ahead and give your responses that's fine <laughs> so no it was good fun it was good fun bruce how are you today healthy and alive i came in this morning and am frustrated with uh uh, some state politicians, uh, but that will be, I'm sure once the problem is uh, identified, they will um, step in line. One would hope so. Yes, you were very upset. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I asked you how you were doing right away, you were complaining about that state senator. And, uh, you know, I I honestly, I, I think that's, I, I just personally, you know, I, there are people that could disagree with this or, or whatever, but I think all lobbyists should be made illegal. My own personal opinion. It used to be that was bribery back yes. in the day. Yes. It's, well, well, it's still bribery. It's still bribery. That's yeah, well, it is bribery, isn't it? It's, um, it's uh, if I support you, will you support me shit? Yes. Yep. So, exactly yeah. that. That's exactly. So you go back to the premise of, I mean, when you give a gift, you don't give a gift to receive, but we actually do live in a society where one hand goes out, I got you this, and the eyes are saying, what have you got me? Mm -hmm. Already, you know? And that Indeed. isn't the way to do it. Otherwise, it loses its worth. This is true. All right, what do you got, Ned? We'll uh, we'll take our cues from you, and uh, we'll throw in some other things as needed because there's plenty to discuss uh, that we've got today. So we'll start well, with you. What do you um, got? I, obviously, I, I, I was away until, when was it, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday? So I've only had a couple of days. What I did was I tripped over um, a, a film uh, by a French journalist. He's, I think his name is, uh, he's been a filmmaker, and he's directed several um, investigative documents from other places of the world like obviously uh iraq uh afghanistan burma palestine congo somalia all those lovely areas in the world and he did one on ukraine and obviously at the behest of the should say the french 
government or the embassy that was out there at the time, it got pushed down and sort of hidden. But you can actually find it. You can find it on Rumble. You won't find it on those wonderful free speaking platforms like YouTube. But um, there are platforms to do it. And it's called The Masks of the Revolution. And it's all about Ukraine. And it's the maiden revolution, which is Maiden Street, where they actually did all the fights and stuff like that. And it starts back there where it starts where um, they overthrew the Russian politicians and then implemented their own. But it still follows and it is really, really good filmmaking and it questions to the point where, obviously, I mean, by the end of it, 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 it's very interesting. There's so many truths in there. And as soon as to see the, um, the those right wing flags flying with the well-known, oh, yellow and blue, you know what I mean? And all the right wing stuff and how they did it. But it is a very interesting film. It's in French, but it is well subtitled. And it is very informative. And it, it, it's definitely worth it. The Master of the Revolution, Ukraine. And it's, you'll find it on Rumble, definitely, if, and it's one of the best platforms to find it. And his, his name actually is, is it's written Morea, it's M-O-R-E-I-R-A, and he's it, brilliant. It is a wonderful piece of work and it follows it and anything to actually let people just watch it. It's worth it. And to actually see how the people are. And it's not, it, it was just done at the right time, even to the point where it also includes, you know, those Russians that were in the um, big council building where they went back. They were all camped outside and then the um, fascist right-wingers got there, whatever you want to call them, kicked the hell out of the camp and they ran into the building. Then they set fire to the building with them in there and, you know, everything else. And it's how you had your pro-Russians and Ukrainians and what went on and how it really got to what it was. And there was several American faces there, including that total piece of whatever. What is that? Be, what is that woman's name that lied? Total pieces what is of the, that, what, that woman that lied about everything that was there from the beginning uh, in the house? Let me see. Um, you've, got, you've got two. Uh, you've got Hillary Clinton... And you've got no, no, Clinton wasn't uh, there. Uh, yeah, she this, was. She she was no, there later. She, she, she was there yeah, later. Victoria Newland, I think, is who you're speaking of. Yeah, it's Newland. Uh huh. She, that that was. Yeah, she, yeah. she she actually had a lot less weight at the beginning of that than yes. When she did afterwards. Well, she's I mean, ordering a lot of takeout these days, I'm sure, because she's, well, she uh, was out there. She was out there handing stuff out quite merrily, walking amongst those oh. black and red flags and everything else. And oh. yes, because I mean, and yeah, no, they even to the point where they filmed some of the meetings. They it was really, really. There's quite a lot there for people if they want to watch it to actually understand how their society worked. Whereas you had the right wing people where they literally stop somebody because of the way they looked you're russian you're a russian infiltrator you're you're this you're that whatever you're not allowed to speak russian ukrainians don't speak russian apparently you know all that sort of stuff and how it built up and built up to where it is today and it, it, it's not very nice it's it's how, how how people suffer and how they you know stop the um 
that stopped the food going into uh, Crimea to begin with. They tried to whatever because there was Russians in Crimea, so they're not having the grain. And they literally took it on themselves. They weren't police. They were there, the right wingers. They stopped the lorries. Just caused a lot of hassle from day one as soon as they managed to take over. Well, it just it was really good, interesting. The uh, the the government that was in place before the uh, the Maidan revolution or Maidan revolution, whichever it was. I've heard it called both ways. It's Maiden um, Street, isn't it? Yeah. Because it was, it, yeah, okay. it's Maiden Road or something. Yeah, yeah. That, so the uh, or the, I, as a matter of fact, they I think the other word they use I've heard before is called the Orange Revolution or something like that. But anyway, nonetheless, did you? <laughs> nonetheless, I uh, I know that I've heard experts speak on on that particular event, and that was when they uh, voted out their pro-Russian government, as you had said, is listed in that or is uh, mentioned in that um, uh, that documentary. All of the people, including the country's president or, or prime minister, whatever, the entire government, they all fled to Moscow and they're still there today. Yeah. yeah. So you just snapped the pencil, looked very unhappy and went. Yeah. yeah. And, and Russia's not been happy about that ever since. Well, that's fine. But I mean, that's the, the, then we start to go. I mean, I just want them to actually see Ukraine as what happened and the people there. Trying to keep the political idea aside where it should remain neutral barrier between the West and the East, that would have been fine and you wouldn't have had the problem. Politics has got Ukraine into the melting shithole it is today. And it's simple as that from whatever side. And that, it's not good. But yeah, it's it it you know it goes through Odessa and the rest of it. It's I liked it. I liked it. It was very informative. It was nice to actually see something come out of there. Most of the stuff we've well I've managed to keep up to date with is the independent journalists and stuff like that that that, that you can find. But it it's it's nice that there is still that film out there from the informative years. And maybe just maybe people won't keep waving that damn flag in there in my country so i'm getting bored with it i really am they need to open their eyes and actually see you know it's not such a nice place the virtue signaling just doesn't end does it no no it's just it's just but anyway that's that that's the ukraine oh, oh yes tiktok tiktok what do you remember a while ago um not not that chinese tiktok just time like you said, Johnny, on your podcast, TikTok, you made a funny thing, a pun about time, didn't you? <laughs> I was just, yeah, like, was anyway, no, stupid puns. No, that yeah. must have been in my head somewhere. <laughs> but remember a while back, I said loads of shipments of grain disappeared and it didn't get to Africa. Yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah. It was like 90 something ships. And it was it actually was... 80, 86 ships, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's. Well, I, I found out where just... a good lump of. I found out where a lump of. Oh, I found out where some of it went. Okay, where'd it go? Because we we were just speculating that some of it went to, to China. A country, to a country that doesn't have a grain problem. Spain. Spain doesn't have a grain shortage. Not really, no. So why did it go to Spain? Don't know. But they, they got a hell of a shipment, and guess where they guess guess what they did with all the grain? They fed it to their pigs and animals. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. You find these footsteps, and a lot of the grain went to Spain... And a lot of it got ditched into the farmlands and they fed their animals on a lot of this grain. You tell me, okay. first of all, it disappeared. It never made it to the third world in Africa where it was meant to go. So somewhere it's been sucked into and disappeared within Europe. I must admit, though, Spain did make quite a bit of money out of selling their nice-to-do porky pigs and stuff. Oh, I'm sure that they did, yeah. And I'll bet you they sold them to China. They did. That was one of them. Uh-huh. So now we know why the grain ended up there. 
because China has yeah. had to kill. Th- this is not really talked about in the media. China's actually had to uh, dispense of almost half of their pork population <laughs> because of a uh, of a disease like some uh, swine disease. Uh, it's oh, not yeah. it's not it's not like a swine flu or something, but it's something that's uh, that's endemic to just the pig population. And so, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Chinese are, are big pork consumers. Uh, as a matter of fact, they actually own uh, Shenhua Foods, which is what we refer to in America as Smithfield Foods, which is our largest pork producer because, well, we like doing business with our comrades in China and we sold our largest pork producer to them. Why we would do that, mm-hmm. I don't know. But that makes perfect sense. If you're having problems, you're having trade relations with the United States and you can't get your product out of the United States, but you have another country that just so happens to have a surplus of pork, but you need them to be fed. Yes. What do you do? Oh, the three main areas were the the pigs were sold back through the EU and Japan and China. Uh-huh. There you go. Yes. Because obviously I, I wanted to see w- what areas of the world these lovely pigs went. <laughs> yeah, they went to China. Of course they did. So that is and one I, dumb I guarantee thing, you. I guarantee some, you. Spain's had a shitload of it. So have other countries. Oh sure. The rest is sure. Just, yeah, it didn't go sure. far. It did not go far. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Um, I, and I would, I would surmise that uh, a lot of that pork shipment never actually made it to the people of China, or at least a goodly percentage of them. I would say it probably got diverted into military shipments and government shipments, and that was about it. Oh, yeah, you can guarantee that. But this, what gets me right is people, right? The unelected body called the UN, who's supposed to be in control of most of this and overseeing a lot of this, and... They're the ones that say, feed the starving world, get this app, put your money into it, people, all that sort of stuff. Hasn't piped up, yeah? And they damn well know where this has gone. The UN is, it's like one, it's just like another one of these big corporations which has just gone, it's outlived its purpose and it's fucked by the wrong people and it is totally corrupt. And obviously, the other little side to that is the who who were the health representative of the UN to begin with, weren't they? After the Second World War, that's how it all created. And they've just, they are totally funded by, well, they're in corporate pockets and foundation pockets. And yeah, um, that's another thing that I wanted to do. Because I had a bitch about them and their CA plus one. Did you ever look at that? That paper they're formulating? No. You know, the one that I had a, I had a bitch about, about the pandemic. Um, oh, is it the pandemic paper? accord? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I didn't know it was well, called CA plus one or whatever it was. Yeah, it is. It's, it's called the CA plus one. And I actually did something. It's called uh, Proposed Who CA plus one Pandemic Treaty. But the really annoying thing is, yeah, while they're pushing that, they have also, right, that are people pushing to change the international health regulation. So they're trying to fight it. So you've got the WHO with their pandemic treaty, but at the same time, they're they're trying to... You see, simple things. Like in the international um, health regulations, it says things like um, advisory. They're trying to change that word to mandatory. So they go from advisory to mandatory. They've got potential rather than active emergencies. So until you've got an emergency... That's how it used to step in. Now they want to do it if there's a potential emergency. Now, if you take that potential, what does that mean? And they have that singular person, Tedros, that stands up at the head of who, who is what is there, the director general or whatever title that filthy 
individual yeah, has. I actually have a piece of audio from him, but go ahead. But um, he, if you remember, against his own emergency crew, he actually stated that monkeypox was a threat to the world and it was going to be a state of emergency, even though, there were, what was it, there was five people died globally or something, some number they threw up. He then instigated that this is an emergency, la, 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 even though his advisory committee went, no, he believes he has the power and that's how the who want to work that once we say go that's it no 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 that's a mess that that is a mess and you you really don't want that they want to change everything within the uh, international health regs as well um global health certificates yeah, mandatory um medical treatments mandatory yeah global health certificates is that what you just said yeah Okay, you know what that is? That's translation. That's vaccine passports, international vaccine passports. Yeah, that's that's everything. That's everything. Yeah. Which the United Nations is already doing their own digital wallet to include vaccination passports within that wallet, I might add. And on top of that, one little thing, and I'll let you continue. Who is actually responsible for the WHO's funding in existence today? Largely, it's it's him and and her uh, and a country. Yes. Generally. So you'll have China and you'll yep. have Bill Gates. You'll yep. have um, Bill Gates and Melinda, number 57 yes. on the uh, yes. Chinese manual. Yes, of course. <laughs> CC, Just, the, CC, yeah. the Chinese Communist Party and, yeah. and Bill Gates. There's your WHO yeah. right there. So all they this are, stuff yeah. is, is, a, is a spinoff of just what they're wanting to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the thing is, the, the, the WHO has become so criminalized it's, it's in such a corporate way. They are unelected they should only have advisory capacity the same as the un the un was always meant to go in and they're meant to be able to go into any area safe just to see what's going on yeah they weren't meant to enforce anything other than an area they were given to be their safe area and they get safe passage by who whatever warring cultures out there and the who are meant to be advisory only they've gone from advisory to instigating these vaccines around the world they have caused so much trouble they've got and they've corrupted the charities they've, they've got their foot into everything because there are thousands hundreds of thousands of people in a lot of these charities that mean well and they believe just like there's a load of people in the world that believe fundamentally in what their religions and their faith believe in but you will get people that are in the structure of power that actually move their people in directions and enforce things in the wrong way and this is the culture we're in and that that is the problem the who has to be disbanded the un it has to be totally disbanded it just has they corporation it is a corporation because that's all it is it's corporate funded it works as a corporation and it wants to work with a business structure to force people to mandate stuff you're advisory only go away i'm not interested in you and that's what the people should say not interested no more all they've done is cause harm and made money because in whether it's in the CA plus one or in the international, there will be no limit to the money they will want from the governments to enforce all this. And the thing is, people, don't differentiate between you and the government purse because you are the government purse. The money comes out of your pocket. It comes out of people's pocket. No money should go anywhere near these, this lot. None whatsoever. That's it.
Otherwise, I'm going to get rude. Well, let's uh, let's get rude because I have uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tedros here who says that. Well, you see, it's it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's it's everybody else. It, I'm sure he's meaning people like us. It's everybody else's fault that this has turned into a um, that the COVID thing has turned into a um, politicization uh, of its origin, and it's turned what has been a uh, should be a, sure, a purely scientific process into a, into a geopolitical football. Listen, I have written to and spoken with high level Chinese leaders on multiple occasions as recent as just a few weeks ago. Until then, all hypotheses on the origins of this, the virus remain on the table. At the same time, the continued politicization of the origins research has turned what should be a purely scientific process into a geopolitical football, which only makes the task of identifying the origins more difficult. And that makes the world less safe. So they need to well, they need to quell well, the, uh, the the politicization already, so they can made, make the world more all, safe. They've already made the statement that they're not looking for the origins of it from whatever because they can't find it. But then they made all these statements at the beginning specifically that it was from something. So and it wasn't, or specifically it wasn't from something else. So no, that's just more of it, more of that. Blue and saffron flag, as in BS, you know? That is a man with an ugly attitude in an ugly place with an ugly past. People just want to look into Tedros's past in Ethiopia and stuff like that and everything else just to actually see. Do you know that I think you have to work in... You can get a job in The Who and you can actually work there for 15 years and get a pension. But if you don't do your 15 years, they take it away. Do you know that? But if you work for 15 years within the WHO, once you're structured in there, most of the people they've got there are bureaucrats within that. There are no experts in anything within the WHO, within that actual organisation. There are no, well, they're all experts, should I say, at the bottom rung of the medical law. Expert advice with no proof is the worst. But so the, the WHO is just a bureaucratic nightmare. What's this, Johnny? This is a baseless conspiracy theory that they're now openly admitting. And you've got, well, actually, they're, they're saying both things at the same time. I'm, this is where Bruce is going to come in. Here you've got, this is uh, the Reverend uh, Al Sharpton. Uh, this is in the very early days. Then you're going to see uh, Joy oh, Reid. You're going to see CNN. Reverend, sorry, was that the Reverend that was on the program with the bloke that's calling people moron? Yes, well? that's the one. As a matter of fact, you're going to hear the moron on uh, on this oh, one. Actually, he's, well, he's, he's going to call you a a moron, of course. Well, he thinks you're you're the moron. Uh, and then you're going to see uh, the uh, the comedian, the late night comedian, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Again, these are all baseless conspiracy theories. When we were saying when, when all of us were in the early days saying um, that came from that lab, you, you might want to look at that lab. You were getting banned and, and shut down and ostracized and, and called every single thing under the under the sun because you believed that this is what they were saying. It is amazing when we're looking at 63,000 dead Americans and the people that have been tested positive. They are just almost collateral damage uh, uh, to a conversation of conspiracy theorists and a president that entertains it all. And yet this week, Donald Trump is still pushing the debunked bunkum, despite his own intelligence community's findings that that is simply not true. On Thursday, the intelligence community released a rare statement saying they agree with the scientific consensus 
consensus that the virus was not, not, not man-made. Every day is a new dangerous conspiracy theory. I mean, this is this is serious stuff, folks. Don't worry about your ratings for one week. Don't don't try to don't try to spool up uh, some of whoever was wearing tin tinfoil hats in your audience. But talk show host Rush Limbaugh with zero proof suggesting a Chinese bioweapon lab is to blame for this theory that the virus was accidentally released from a lab in Wuhan. That's his new angle to feed the wingnuts uh, to treat this virus like it was a conspiracy of some kind. And now, well, conspiracy. What is the definition of a conspiracy? Well, that's when you Something have that comes true six months later. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what it's become. <laughs> but as you were saying, Bruce, yesterday when when I was telling you that it's breaking news everywhere that the FBI director now says, "Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely came out of a lab." Yeah, we're we're looking at that very closely. And then <laughs> Fauci's saying, "No, it didn't." But you need to look at it. But I'm not saying that it didn't. But I'm saying that it is. And and going back and forth in in his double speak that uh, that he. Always does, and uh, I've got a piece from uh, from Tucker Carlson, who actually has a, a Chinese virologist on, who used to work for the WHO. I might add, uh, I'll play her in just a minute. But uh, what do you think of that, Bruce? Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Uh, the the thing that stuck out there the most uh, was the uh, intelligence apparatus saying, uh, "No, this did not come from a lab." And they're Wuhan, now saying it came from a lab, <laughs> and they're now saying it did. So when when did they when did they change their tune? Uh, that that's my question is how long did you actually know this when did you just say in the beginnings that it didn't come from a laboratory because it was donald trump and he was saying it did so you were taking the opposite position as uh the, the whole politicization you know that that's what happens um basically if you come out and say the sky is blue uh and you're a right-wing individual the left will say you're a conspiracy theorist. The the sky is actually green or and purple the moon is made or of cheese. something. Moon yeah. is made of cheese. Yeah, not just any that, cheese. It's green cheese. It's green cheese. Get it it's right. Green cheese. It's green cheese. Oh, now I'd like to play. Nice. Yeah, I'd like to play a clip of uh, Dr. Li Minyang, who is uh, a former WHO. Uh, scientist, or at least a virologist, or at least, or maybe she still is, I'm not sure, but um, she's actually worked inside these labs in China. Pay attention to uh, what she has to say here. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. You said three years ago that you believe that this virus was intentionally released by the government you once worked for, the government of China. Today, we're hearing in this leak to the Wall Street Journal that it was accidental. Do you believe this leak was accidental or intentional? Hi, Tucker. Thank you for having me again. First, I really want to appreciate you and also Fox News have been taking so much efforts pursuing the truth of COVID origin. Without your help, there won't be such milestone achievement. And I want to tell, of course, it was not an accident. And maybe for people who don't have this kind of biosafety lab three or four uh, experience, uh, experience on coronavirus, maybe it's easy for them to accept the accident and lab leak. However, I'm the scientist working in such lab using coronavirus, and I can tell you, based on the print, uh, protocol and also the other uh, surveillance uh, system, it will be impossible for the lab leak accidentally happened in such lab and caused the Wuhan outbreak and also the pandemic. So definitely, now we just reached to the first step. It was from China's lab, and we need to pursue the 
uh, truth of origin, and we need to keep going on. We know the Chinese government allowed its infected citizens to travel in huge groups to Western Europe in the early days of the pandemic. That was intentional. But you believe the whole thing, they came up with this virus and they unleashed it on the world to destroy the Western economies and to elevate their own position globally. I want to emphasize one thing is, I would say based on the evidence and the source I have that the lab, uh, the a virus was intentionally brought out of this strict lab and released in the community. However, I don't think the outbreak in Wuhan was intentional. I would say it was because CCP government and the military scientists underestimate the transmissibility. That's why finally it got out of control and caused a local, a local outbreak. However, we should know that CCP government intentionally to let it go all over the world to kill millions of people all over the world later. We just have to hope and pray that you will be interviewed by many other journalists in this country over the coming weeks. Now that this has been confirmed, you're an eyewitness to it. You have, a, I think, a credible story to tell, and I, and I really hope you're no longer ignored. I appreciate your coming on again tonight. Leaving Young, thank you so much. Well, guess what I'm going to say? I'm assuming it's the, the word bollocks. <laughs> well, close. I mean, the thing is, right, everything is a smokescreen. This is what you called, uh, what I would call, actually, this information is out there released to the people because it's at a state where that's COVID. The thing they're not talking about is, okay, we know COVID was out there. We know that the actual virus wasn't the killer out of two things. The real killer out of two things was the vaccine. What was implemented by the... That's what you people can't lose sight of. That is the thing. If they keep this COVID rhetoric, this political rhetoric going or whatever, that will dumb down or be used to dumb down the actual point that your own governments and everybody else, right, put this vaccine, put this genetic poison into you, got you to get make sure your kids got it and everything else. Yeah? Because that they have a they have a time plan. They have a time plan. It's time to move in another direction. That um Sears conference and I said basically I reckon your next pandemic will be in Africa. There are rumors abroad already because the WHO have been doing things and talking about a vaccine that they've near enough got prepared against a certain virus. And I would really hate it if they do actually follow the lines of what could possibly be your next um, pandemic. And if it does turn up to be MVD, it's going to be bloody scary because um, that well, is... Well, you heard Gates. You heard Gates where he says, look, all the work we're going to be doing for this pandemic is just a trial run. The real one is coming. He says, this is yeah. what I like to call pandemic one. What we need to be doing is is we need to be preparing for pandemic two. You heard him say that. I played the clip for you. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know what I heard that one. But the thing yeah, is, I can I can dig it know, up if you give me a few minutes. You can. Dig, yeah. But do you know what MVD is? It's. It's basically it's 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 the called Marburg. Yeah, the Marburg virus disease. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That is horrible. It is horrible. It's a hemorrhaging fever and it is nasty. And there are so many ways of transmission and it's not quite an Ebola, but it's not far off it. Humans and non human primates can suffer with this. 
this is an across the board vicious nasty thing and if they go and if anything in africa comes out i will say it now anything out there someone has created let loose and done this that is vicious that that is that is horrible and it makes me itch there's too many coincidences there are too many coincidences and this is one time i really really hope i'm wrong i mean i remember going you see right back in the early days in when i came back from america in february 2020 and we started talking about viruses and um how the virologists simply all they really wanted to do they didn't they were getting fed up with these um uh, vac- vaccines which were non-live and everything because they actually affect the kids wrongly and they don't help them to fight with pathogens later on in life well the proof in the pudding is there has and i was looking into it because last week i said oh it's shingles awareness week well what's associated with shingles it's chicken pox isn't it Yes, it's the chickenpox virus, or yeah, that, that's basically what it is, that lays dormant in your system, and then it reemerges later in life. Right. Not necessarily. You look it, into chickenpox, right? Yeah, it's, not, so it's, not, a, it's yeah. not a for certain thing, but it can, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, children, when we were growing up, children got chickenpox, yeah? You just got them all together, they got chickenpox. Some, sure. Sometimes you got those, some of them ended up with those horrible little spotty scars and things like that. Yep, I've got and, actually, you know, i got a few of them yeah. right here actually on my forehead. i got yeah, a couple well, on my chest. Know, I had them really bad. I, I don't want to say anything to the public, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, I scary understand. I understand but, um, yeah. Horrible disfigurement, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, when a child, right, this is, this is the CDC. This goes back again. This goes back to starting in the mid-90s, yeah? So in the mid-90s, yeah, the CDC and everyone were pushing a chicken pox vaccine. Yes? So out they come with this chicken pox vaccine. Yeah? And they're giving it, well, hey, kids aren't getting chicken pox. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Hang on. Then they had to sidestep because one or two of the people that were amongst the medical staff that were there to accrue the data and everything, a little later on, they started to be aware that kids were starting to get shingles. So they looked into this medically, and the chicken pox, you're meant to get chicken pox, because then basically it builds your immune system up, and not until later on in life that your immune system starts to get a bit worn down due to your age that you might get shingles after 50 or whatever. But the thing about chicken pox is, if you as a child you have chicken pox, you get that immunity. If you don't have chicken pox, you're susceptible to shingles straight away. It all goes back to the herpes virus and everything that's within your system and it's all interlinked, yeah? But the thing is, chicken pox is there to help you, right? Adults that associate with kids that have chicken pox get a boost. That is a natural vaccine booster and that jacks your system and that is why not everybody gets shingles. So if later on, say, in, say, well, you've had chicken pox, your system's boosted against it. You, you're giving it, yeah, well, they tell us after 50, I might get shingles. It's this and whatever. And shingles is a nasty thing. It affects your nervous system. It is horrible. But the thing is, if you have children and they get chicken pox and you're in your 20s or 30s or whatever, or you associate with other people, that, that because you're around them, your system sees that and it re-triggers and it gives your system a natural boost. And that is why... Millions of people don't even get bloody shingles. It is a natural way. 
And when the CDC started doing this and they started misusing the data and not pushing it out there and they're still pushing the vaccine, yeah, they were causing kids to get shingles and they were causing shingles to become what it shouldn't be. And it is a nasty thing. And they have so misused the data. There was a conference out on this and people are trying to push it. The CDC silenced papers. They, they've done everything they can do, right? So once again, nature's got some really natural, nice things like the common cold helps your immune system against COVID. We know it does. Chicken pox is the proof against shingles. You are meant to get it or associate with people with it. It saves you against stronger pathogens later on in your life. There is a natural answer to just about everything. And look into it, people. Um, I mean, there's really... Um, I looked at a conference and they had this, oh, they had this chap on there. He wasn't the greatest of speakers, well, nor am I, but he was very um, statistical and stuff like that. And it was a bit of a grind. Very interesting, though. And um, I think the video and the actual meeting was um, put out there by a, a group called Physicians for Informed Consent.org. Okay. So that's Physicians for informedconsent.org and the chap that was given a talk was a, a, a bloke called Gary Goldman he's, he's got a PhD but it's in computer sciences and he was one of these people that was there to formulate stuff and he wrote papers and everything and he was silenced and everything and this went on from the mid 90s he eventually left them and re, you know resigned in the early 2000s I think but all the paperwork all the information the doctors are there they're trying to get behind this it's another corporate vaccine push and it's like um one of those things in um the the those papers the who are trying to push the ca plus one and to mess with the international um uh registry um health registry it says on there one of the lines was um recommendations for vaccines and everything should be accelerated you know and we give it no, 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 no. These the stringent lines there because it's to stop just pushing stuff out. Because if we haven't got the proof behind us in the last two, three years with the COVID vaccine, God knows. I mean, the the proof is there to COVID should be used as a very blunt item to get rid of to to get rid of the the CDC, the FDA, the the WHO, the UN, all of them. Corporate links have to be broken right down the line. And that chicken pox thing, it, it, it's the proof. And nature has this answer. It's there for a reason. These people are breaking humanity's immune system. They're interfering with the natural way of things. And I'm sorry, it's just one big pile of shite. Indeed it is. Uh, I have that clip of uh, dear old Mr. Gates, if you'd like for me to play it. Oh, hurt me. <laughs> this is a couple of minutes, so please bear with it, but it bears relevance hearing the entire interview. This is Bill Gates on Stephen Colbert's uh, late night show. This was during the lockdown, I might add. So this was two years ago. So pay attention to what he says, because this is where they're going to go next. Hey, everybody, we're back with Bill Gates from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Progress takes time and the social isolation is buying uh, researchers' time to find the answers that we need. What is your most hopeful time frame for how long we have to live the way we are now? Well, there's there's two ways out. One is if we get miracle ther therapeutics that are greater than 95% cure rate. Uh, we can't count on that. 
And the other is uh, a vaccine that's highly effective that we get out to the world population. You know, some of those vaccines, uh, you know, we'll understand by this summer, we'll see uh, because they're going into humans now, we'll see if they get this strong antibody response. And then, you know, then we have to do broad safety testing and, and get the manufacturing going. So even a year from now, if everything went perfectly, because we're backing, uh, you know, 10 of the leading constructs, uh, we could start the manufacturing. And uh, then again, you know, this disease could be hard to make a vaccine, so it could be more like two years. So quite a range of possibilities there. But every day when I see the engagement of these vaccine groups, I actually think, wow, we, we can surprise people on the upside here. I've been saying 18 months, but some of these vaccines uh, are ahead of that schedule. I understand that uh, your organization is actually supporting seven different vaccine uh, research efforts right now. Um, thank you for doing that for all of us. Um, is How many organizations total are trying to find this vaccine? Do you know? Well, there's almost too many in a way. There's over 100 different vaccine efforts. There's over 100 different uh, therapeutic efforts. And you know, outside of the private sector, this ability to rank them in terms of their likeliness for safety and efficacy and scaling up, you know, we're pitching into that because that's our, our daily job is about making new vaccines. And so I think it'll be, you know, seven to 10 will look so promising that we should get them the funding to not only do the research, but also build the factory. Now, of those 10, we'll only need one or two. So we will say, okay, you know, some of them weren't important, but, you know, saving a month or two months or three months is so worthwhile that this money is almost a rounding error in terms of the overall economic pain that that's being created here. Well, Bill, um, since you try to warn us about this pandemic um, and we didn't listen, what's the next thing you're warning us about that's going to happen five years from now that we're not listening to at the present? Well, I I didn't want to be right. What I wanted to do is- uh, I understand. I'm not saying you won. Everybody uh, loses. Nobody wins with this. And I'm not saying that you're, that you're, this is not an end zone dance. <laughs> I'm just saying, what else are we not listening to that we need to take action on now? Well, the, the idea of a, a bioterrorist attack is kind of the nightmare scenario because they're a pathogen with a high death rate would be ticked. Now, the good news is, okay. I'm not trying to depress you, it's tough enough Too late. right now, Too that late. most of the work we're going to do to be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one, most of the work we'll do to be ready for that are also the things we need to do uh, to minimize the threat of, of bioterrorism. Well, um Mr. Gates, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for the efforts you and your organization are doing to try to find the cure for this. And uh, we'll see you again. Stay safe. All right. Great time. Give our best to everybody else in the bunker. Thank you. <laughs> now, Ned, does that look like the face of a man that would openly create such a problem? Does that look like somebody that would... Uh, that would intentionally release a virus <laughs> to yeah. a population of people. Yeah. You see, yeah. you see the work that they're going to do. You heard him because he calls this pandemic one. So what we need to do is we need to get prepared for pandemic two, which is going to be a bioterrorist attack, which he's the bioterrorist, I might add. Well, it, uh, well, <laughs> well it, it was a bioterrorist attack in the first place. Yeah. Yes. But it's the vaccine. Vaccine. The thing is, that's the, the that's the attack. Yeah, the vaccines are the attack. Our systems 
just about handle whatever. But people have got to understand, it's what you don't hear. It's what you don't hear. The labs are not being shut down. You do not get in your papers that these labs, no matter what, they can shout, oh, it came out from a lab, it came out from this. There are labs, there have been labs in Ukraine, there's been, there's labs. The lab in Wuhan was actually sending data to at least two universities in America. And Fauci has had his horrible footprint all over the place and that. To quote the man, what has this got to do with the judiciary? They shouldn't have any power over anything like this. The CDC should. And that's a quote from that horrible man. The CDC is a corporate. Well, it's just a, it's just a mouthpiece. It's 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 as much use as a wet rag. It really is. It's it's pointless. It's a front thing there for anybody. It's there to push information out. It's an information or a misinformation or whatever, but it is a information platform to either misdirect or scare people. Simple as that. And it's a controlling aspect. It is so bad. This chicken pox vaccine, yeah, that's been around for a long time, affects your children. It would have affected you. It would have affected children if you've got it, yeah? Thankfully, I didn't have to have that. They just, German measles, chicken pox and that. It was a case of, so what? Go out and play with the kids. If somebody, if your mate's got it, go play out there as well. Everybody got it. You got it out the way. People didn't really suffer with shingles. Why? And now, I mean, it's interesting. I know because of our association with the children and everybody, it boosted your own system. Nature is a wonderful way of building a greater mechanism than these gits are trying to pull it down and destroy it. They don't even know the capacity of what the human engine is capable of. It has got a long way to go yet, and it's been a long way to get here. Oh, yeah, another scary thing. And this really came home because I have a daughter and my daughter, as much as anything else, was vaccinated HPV previously. Yeah. Oh, and I. Yeah, look yeah. At, yeah. And HPV, there are a lot of law cases coming out to do with HPV and parents need to know this. Right. Um, I actually did write something down because I only got a link to it yesterday and I really didn't look into it too much and i really want to do it because it really it, it screwed my head up because i had to i had to go and talk obviously to my partner as well right the papilloma papilloma virus yeah now basically the hpv vaccine right there's lawsuits going everywhere when you find out about these lawsuits especially in america at the moment it's going on yeah but they're still putting it out there because like everything, you look into these vaccines and you find the name of them and you think, well, is it under the same name or is it a different thing in your own country? No, the NHS have been pushing this since 2012 in this country. And it is the same vaccine. It's called Cardacil, uh, uh, Gardasil, I think. I think, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, it's and Gardasil, a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's um, a law firm, I think it's Miller & Zeiss. They're taking, they're, they're taking, they've opened their doors to anybody from all the states in america not just one they're, they're actually going to take cases on from everywhere to take this on board um it's basically it was put out there it's um it, it was it was supposed to be proof against cervical cancers and all manner of things but now they've had a look into it and they've actually done some research on it and they've actually found that gardasil can induce and increase the risk from autoimmune diseases. 
cluster host of other complications. Neuropathy, which basically is talking about nerve damage throughout your system, if somebody doesn't understand what that means. Yeah. So basically, you know, the numbness, the tingling, it can be one or other because it can affect your nerves. It can be pain. So you can get this. So um, uh, you've got, uh, what is it, fibro, uh, myo, myalgia, my, oh, I can't say some of these words. Fibromyalgia? F- f- yeah, fibromyalgia, which tends to, um, it's the thing about that is, which makes me really hiccup, that generally is if it's passed down genetically, but this seems to be able to induce it in some cases. So what does that mean? This obviously the vaccine creation, what we're talking about again. And then you've got POTS, which is uh, postural ortho orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. It's called POTS. And basically, this is like, once again, it's funny how a vaccine is affecting what normally is genetic, but this is a cardio thing. So basically, even getting up, even lying down, this can cause your heart to race. These have all been some horrible side effects from that, but it's also... See, this is what gets me. It's also linked to premature ovarian failure. That's your ovaries and girls and infertility. And the best thing on top of it all, it's supposed to reduce the risk of cervical cancer. It's supposed to reduce it, but they reckon it now heightens it. It increases the chance of cervical cancer. What is this thing? I mean, this is going through the law courts at the moment. All this research is going to be smacked on this table. It's out there. And this is being given to children. Another vaccine. Do you know what they're doing? Do do you know what they're doing with this? Everything, I'm talking the last three years. I'll tell you what they're doing. They're making people anti-vaccine. I'm not talking about the the term that they throw around this anti-vax or whatever. Now people are saying, we don't want any of it. None of it. That's what they're doing. That's what they're creating. Good. But they got to look after their own health. It works. You can look after your own health. There's always an ulterior motive. The scary thing is, yeah, we're living in a manipulative world with gates and stuff like that, and they're not shutting labs down. They can. They have a wealth of information to create genetic coding where you can just about create anything at the moment. We're children with grown-up tools here, and they they are pratting around with it and they're doing it to whatever whim they can think they can do and they are treating the world like a playground and it's and it's getting out of hand it's getting out, it's 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 beyond belief and until a massive i mean even if they say okay we'll swing it to this where everybody gets anti-vaccine and nobody takes a vaccine and then we'll release something nasty out there they can do anything yeah they can do that they can manipulate the population to whatever but i'd rather not take a vaccine, then something that's going to harm you anyway. Because if you think about it, COVID was out there. Yep, we all know it was out there. And now it's not being disputed. But the thing is, it wasn't COVID that was killing people. It was everything that was put in waiting for the vaccines to come out, which were the big killer. Mentally, stress and everything totally messed the populations up, messed the economy up, and then they introduced vaccine, which is... I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a positive side effect. Bill Gates didn't lie there in some respect. He said, well, we're going to see how many antibodies we can get out of this. You will always get an antibody response. Yeah, they got the antibody response, but that wasn't what you were doing. 
you were putting something in there that was multiplying throughout your system and causing a lot of problems. In fact, too much. And they know that it wasn't just a specific antibody. The, the systems were going overboard. But he knows that. That is the face of the man that knows it. He wants to play Oracle. And he's had his last footprint in Africa. And he's starting to rile them up and saying they're the future, whatever, whatever. God almighty, we had that over here. And then we got coronavirus and everything else if the next pandemic comes out of there you can attribute it to whatever else it's gonna be either africa or i i'm leaning heavily towards south america uh the the sears pandemic uh they specifically keyed on parts of central and south america and they said that this one affected a lot of children and of course what's been their biggest target group for vaccinations especially now that they've done it in the u.s they've added the covid vaccine no, the... It will be one of those two continents for one yeah. reason. Yeah. You can cut them off. Yes. You can come down. You can cut them off. You can cut them off. They're away from the Eastern and the Western world. They are seen as subcontinents, aren't they? Basically, which is wrong. More or less. Yeah. They're they, full of, they're, they're, they're full of people. Yeah. Africa and South America. I mean, if you think about it in, in a real sense, they never got out of colonialism. I mean, they're still stuck in it. It, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. I mean, sorry. But they're not going around inflicting themselves with this shit. Yeah. And if you've got the, you know, the horrible unsanitary conditions that, you know, I'm not knocking them, but you've got these conditions in these countries. It's just it's a prime breeding ground for any kind of bacterial infection or or mutation of any kind of viral infection or anything like that. It's just it, it'd be horrible. Yeah. But and just remember one. They're saying just remember Argentina. one thing. Yeah. They're just saying Argentina. Yeah, yeah, they're saying just on that point, real quick. They're saying Argentina right now. They've already got uh, cases of a rare avian flu down there oh, funny, in the last couple that, of days. Yeah, yeah mm. funny how that happens. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if we exported it from Wales or somewhere like that because there've been a bunch of idiots over there about avian flu. As well. I'm not sure. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interject on you. Go ahead. Yeah, the one place in the world, like I said before, the Western world, and the matter what off the main continent has gone everywhere in this world and ditched our dirty, horrible health on people and killed off whole cultures, except for Africa. Africa is the only thing that has actually done the dirty on us. Well, yeah, but I mean, we're, we're actually, we're doing the dirty on Africa because we're sending Bill Gates down there. So I mean, that's, he is <laughs> yeah, a disease, well, is he not? Yeah, yeah they, he's just, uh, he, he is a virus, he, is he not? He's, he's probably, he probably hasn't even got a genetic code. He's just horrible. Bruce, he's, go ahead and jump in there. I, I feel like we're, we're monopolizing the time here. No, you guys are good. I, I was just looking into the uh, HPV uh, vaccine that doesn't actually vaccinate against HPV. It vaccinates uh, against like two or three different strains that they're saying could cause cancer. Good. So cool. yeah, could. Yeah. And that's was, what the, the argument is, is you take this vaccine to prevent getting cancer and, yeah. or help yeah, there's, prevent. There's so, there's so much, there's so many, the backwash from people saying there's been so many in, bits of harm and this and whatever, but yeah, there is once and again, it's HPV? a manu it's, it's a manufactured vaccine. Yes. And well, and the, the other thing is, is this is manufactured fear because first of all, they don't even know for sure that HPV, these specific strains cause cancer, number one. And number two, the vaccine, they're not, well, geez, they're saying now that they're, they're wanting to use the mRNA type for the, this yep. HPV uh, vaccine. They want to use it in everything. But yeah. Yeah. They want to use it in everything. That's another thing they're pushing on the, um, the who is pushing on and wanting to train international health regs. They want 
mRNA to be pushed. No, bollocks, go away. Um, no. Let's have a look. What was it? Well, there was something I, I meant. Uh, there's something I meant to pass on to Marty before he went on air yesterday because one of his um, <laughs> people that he doesn't like very much, uh, Matt Hancock. Remember him talking about him? Oh yes, Mister uh, Mister Medazalam Matt. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. The uh, the executioner of all of those uh, elderly folk in the uh, the care homes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, something flagged up. The other day on it is this the whatsapp I, messages that the telegraph got their hands on i don't know i didn't get stuff from the telegraph that's a newspaper yeah i understand it's a newspaper but the, i i honestly i don't follow what they were talking about because you only, you only I, follow I the daily fail i yeah i only don't I, well i don't even follow the daily fail it just it catches my eye every once in a while because i find it so ridiculous that they they actually cover something halfway decent they do a decent job sometimes of giving it it's just due but then i have to look at all of the side articles of the half naked women on the side and i really don't care i, I think that's <laughs> you know all the celebrities and stuff it's just like that, that's ridiculous yeah, why would you even waste your time printing that stuff up it's it's like something i okay. don't like the one thing i don't like about a lot of the internet stuff is if you um just go look anywhere whether you want to shop or whether you want to look at places there's all these adverts and if you don't want the adverts they want you to pay to get rid of them well it's not an it's not even an advert i mean, I mean what I understand is the adverts. yeah it's, it's not even the advert i understand the advert side of things i mean i could dismiss that but these are yeah, but actual articles that they yeah yeah i understand but these are actual articles that the daily mail put together that give credit to some celebrity that loses their bikini top or something down in barbados or whatever i don't care but that's news. News. It's not news. That's garbage. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense when you look at the Western world, though. You you talk to the Western world, and they can tell you all about the the Kardashians or That's their true, favorite yeah. celebrity. But then you ask them, okay, how is the government now screwing you over? Now they haven't a clue. But they don't uh, want to know. Yeah, they don't want to know. They so don't instead know of instead of after them. <laughs> this this yeah, is no. basically our society is. Um, it's, it's, I'm using a religious analogy, but it's kind of like the, um, Israelites when they were in the wilderness, uh, the 40 years, they didn't teach their kids the principles, the ways of the Lord, whatever, you know, however you want to, you want to word it. And the, the generation coming up, they didn't have all those standards. And, uh, <laughs> that's what's happening now is we're, we're not, we're not, um, we're, we're, not teaching people to, you know, move forward or, or to have principles and whatnot, to stay, to stay in touch with what government's doing or, or any of those things. They're not, they're not doing it. They're not paying attention. They're paying attention to, uh, just like the Israelites, uh, in the wilderness, they're paying attention to their, uh, needs, wants, or what, you know, uh, we want, um, was a quail or something like that you know they they wanted meat instead of manna and they wanted all these different things they they wanted or um what have you that that's basically what's happening today is well we want our shows we want our netflix we want our celebrity information yeah, we want our games culture. they don't they don't care it's, about it it's immediate it's it's immediate now want culture yeah and, and it's wrong but going back to marty's friend mr hancock I looked into that, and we used to have something in this country called the um, Liverpool Care Pathway. Have you heard of it? The I have LCP. not. No, I have not. That is that is where it started. The Liverpool Care Pathway is where that medazolam and morphine cocktail started. Now, the government and the NHS kicked it into touch and made a big thing about it, right? 
And at the time, the NHS had um, an NG159, I think it was, about, you know, care for people or whatever. And then they created a COVID-19 one called NG163. And funny enough, it repeated just about everything that the LCP did. And now that has gone off the website. You can still find it. I could send a link to anybody who wanted to see it. But that has the layout of the, um, it was called the COVID-19 um, oh, rapid guidelines managing symptoms, including at the end of life in the community. And it, and it literally was called NG163. And it, it literally might as well mirrored what they'd put out and said was basically unlawful, which was the Liverpool care pathway, which was done before. And it just, and this was what was going on. And this is why you've got spokesmen like Matt Hancock and idiots like that who really need to be taken to task. Because, yeah, it's not that they're following the rule of law or mandates or whatever's there. That's not good enough. You know what these things do. Midazolam, that is a, um, um, isn't that a death row drug? It is. That's a, uh, that's a drug we actually get from the European Union to administer during the uh, carrying out of lethal injection in the United States, yes. Yeah, and put that in a cocktail with morphine, and that's not going to yep. be nice, is it? No, it's not going to be nice at all. So, yeah, there's, um, there's a bit more uptake coming on about that. There's going to be a big backlash. And obviously, the, see, the thing is, Matt Hancock is one of those stupid people in life He's just a puppet of whoever else, because as much as anything else, he thought that he could silence Mr. Bridgerton in Parliament by saying, oh, all those anti-Semitic things you're saying. And then you get people from Israel and doctors posting he didn't say anything wrong. And now it's all come round where I think Mr. Bridgerton is actually putting even more stuff out there and going for gold. So, yeah, which is good. That means he's got a bit of a backbone. And that means he's he's hopefully going to stand up and keep pushing. And the more platforms he can get on, that would be even even greater. And one of the interesting people out there I've found lately, because I'm going to start pushing names and stuff, because I want if it's the only way people can find ways or interesting. One of those, um, is he an American chap? Steve Kirsch, is it Steve Kirsch? Name sounds familiar. He's a bit I'm of an entrepreneur, sure. I think. Could be. He's. A, <laughs> I think his name's Steve, Steve Kirsch. He actually backs up a lot of medical research. And I think, I think if you Googled him, he'd come up with something like a promoter of misinformation about the COVID vaccine. So he is very, he's, he's trying to create more uh, a platform of um, talk, a talking platform and in, putting information out there. He's got his own money platform. So he's managed to do it and he's doing it from one side. So there are people out there speaking up. There are stuff for information. This is, it's not just us, you know, it, it, it felt very, very, very lonely, but we did make that question of how many people have to die before people wake up and start talking. And finally, some people are starting to talk, but the death toll has been very high so far. And that's so far, yeah, thing. it has. We are at time here. You got any final points you want to make? I hope it doesn't come true about the uh, <laughs> southern continents. I really don't. Yeah, that's um, worst case scenario. But I, I do I fully to... expect, I, I just on that point, I do fully expect Gates and his ilk to be stupid enough to do another one. I do expect that. I have two questions which you can answer me next time I'm on. Okay. Just, just simple. Apparently there was a Pfizer whistleblower. 
and there's a uh, stuff going through court at the moment. Is that right? Brooke Jackson? Not familiar with it, but okay. Something pops up, uh, Pfizer whistleblower, somebody called Brooke Jackson, so it might be worth looking into. And there's a new opioid going around America. Is that right? The rainbow-colored fentanyl pills? Is that what you're referring to? And no, something called Tang Tang Dope. That I'm not familiar with, but I'm curious about that one. It's I think it's called Xylazine. Xylazine, uh, oh my God. That's circulating? X-Y-L-A-Z-I-N-E. Xylazine. Oh yeah, they call it Tang Tang Dope. And I'm sure that's from Tang Tang China, <laughs> I'm assuming. Yeah. With the rest of the other stuff. With the rest of the fentanyl, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, just on a high note, I just thought I'd let you look into them two things before. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure and do that. Uh, and if I need clarification on that, the, the latter part of that, I'll be calling you first of the week. But anyway, no, um, best of luck, everybody. Look into it. If you've got children, get them off the vaccine wagon. Just let them live a life. Best of luck, everybody. If you're alive, stay alive. Wish you well. We'll see you next week. Certainly. Guess we'll go ahead and call this one done. So I want to thank you two for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening.